Do you wait for everything to be perfect and lined up straight before you make a choice? How hard are you trying to get everything in your life right? What if jumping in and getting messy is one of the ways to find out what works for you? Discover how being willing to mess up can create the phenomenal life you truly desire. Get ready to quit judging and start embracing all of your messy adventures. Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. Hello and welcome to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Katrina Fava. Thank you for checking out Messy Adventures in Living. How did I get so lucky to have you here? Um, you can find out a little bit about me if you like at KatrinaFava.com. I am a smorgasbord of different things. <laughs> I'm an access consciousness bars and body process facilitator. I'm a registered pediatric nurse. I'm a mom of three. Um, I am an author. I'm a radio show host. I do so many things. Um, and I'm going to just let you go to KatrinaFava.com today because I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about on this show. So we're going to dive right in. Are you ready? Um, so thank you for checking out this radio show called Receiving behind walls. I'm really excited to do this show today. Um, and I'm so grateful because um, in preparation for this show, as this show was creating itself over the last week, I have received so many awesome um, awarenesses myself. So um, thank you for all the energy that everyone has contributed to creating this show already. So the show today is called Receiving Behind Walls. And if you are not on Facebook, check out Messy Adventures in Living on Facebook or my Petrina Fava page and look at the image that's attached to the event of this radio show. There's something about this image when I saw it that really um, struck me. It, um, just check it out. Something really about the energy of um, hiding behind a wall. It's just the image of a, a woman pressed up close to um, a beautiful silver, white, blue wall. Um, it, just something about it. Just check out the image and um, and see what, what that brings up for you. So, receiving behind walls. Are you feeling lonely? Are you wondering why the universe never seems to send any good stuff your way? So many of us have learned to erect walls all around ourselves to keep out the bad stuff and protect ourselves from hurtful people and avoid judgment and a million other things, uh, reasons that we put walls up. So are you standing behind walls that are so thick and so high that nothing can get in and then wondering why you're alone? What would you like to receive more of in your life? Money, sex, friendships, joy, fun. What if the key to receiving is vulnerability. And are you willing to push down your walls and receive it all? So I really, um, you know, talk about a messy adventure, right? Receiving can be such a messy um, adventure. I mean, messy adventures in living is really about jumping in without having everything lined up perfect and straight. Um, and receiving seems to be this place in this reality where we don't jump in. We want to have everything lined up straight before we open ourselves up to receiving because we want to get it all perfect. Uh, and that doesn't work. 
um, messy adventures are way more fun. And um, often when you're in, in the middle of a messy adventure, your walls are really down. So what if, what if receiving could be a little bit more like a messy adventure and less like a, um, you know, a strict system of rules and a bunch of thick walls? So I really I want to start off by reading something to you quickly. It's a poem that's actually been turned into a children's book. It's a children's book that I purchased for my kids, and when I because I thought it was going to be something, and then I read it and I I really noticed the contraction and the heaviness in my body when I read it. And I bought this book because um, a couple of p- parents told me it was a beautiful book, and I saw it online and I bought it. And then when I got it and I read it, I was like. Wow, really put me in the question. And you might know it. It's called The Giving Tree. It's a really popular uh, children's book. It's a poem by someone named Shel... Oh, boy, I can't read the last name. Shel Silverson, I think. And it goes like this. So I'm going to read it. Check in with your body and really perceive the energy of this, okay? Use your awareness. Once, Once there was a tree, and she loved a little boy... And every day the boy would come and he would gather her leaves and make them into crowns and play king of the forest. He would climb up her trunk and swing from her branches and eat apples and they would hide and go and seek. And when he was tired, he would sleep in her shade and the boy loved the tree very much and the tree was happy. But time went by and the boy grew older and the tree was left alone. Then one day the boy came to the tree, and the tree said, Come, boy, come and climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and eat apples and play in my shade and be happy. I'm too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. I'm sorry, said the tree, but I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. Take my apples, boy, and sell them in the city. Then you'll have money and you'll be happy. And so the boy climbed up the tree and gathered her apples and carried them away. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time and the tree was sad. And then one day the boy came back and the tree shook with joy and she said, Come boy, climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and be happy. I'm too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm, he said. I want a wife and I want children. And so I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house, but you may cut off my branches and build a house. Then you'll be happy. And so the boy cut off her branches and carried them away to build his house. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time. And when he came back, the tree was so happy she could hardly speak. Come, boy, she whispered. Come and play. I'm too old and sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me far away from here. Can you give me a boat? Cut down my trunk and make a boat said the tree, then you shall sail away and be happy. And so the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away. And the tree was happy, but not really. And after a long time, the boy came back again. I'm so sorry, boy, said the tree, but I have nothing left to give you. My apples are gone. My teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I'm too old to swing on branches, said the boy. My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I'm too tired to climb, said the boy. I'm sorry, sighed the tree. I wish that I could give you something, but I have nothing left. I'm just an old stump. I'm sorry. I don't need very much now, 
said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I'm very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could. Well, an old stump is good for sitting and resting. Come, boy, sit down. Sit down and rest. And the boy did, and the tree was happy. So, what what comes up for you when you when you hear that? What was coming up for you as you were listening to that story? So I noticed so many things. Immediately, I when I first read this, there was something about the cutting of the branches and the cutting of the tree that really created a contraction in my world and in my in my body even. But when when you read this story, I think what what I wanted to get out of this um, poem or story is the idea this idea about what giving and receiving is and and how that's different from taking um and you know how much have we learned in this reality that you know life is give and take and you know how many points of view do we have about giving and that we give until we're depleted so like this poem really for me almost represents a, like a relationship between the parent and a child um, in this reality anyways about giving and giving and giving until you're empty. Um, how we as parents just give and give and give to our children uh, until there's no more and we cut off our branches and we cut down the trunk and we give it to them and we cut all the parts and pieces of us until there's nothing left in the hope that when they're older and they understand they'll come and they'll sit on the stump that's left. Um, and you know, I think so many people look at this poem and look at this book and look at the beauty of, you know, this is what it means to give. You give until you have nothing, and that's the love of a parent. Um, but I look at it, and I'm, I'm asking questions, and the question that I ask is, at what part of this poem and what part of the story is this boy receiving, and what, what part of it is he taking? And, you know... Um, there was a part that said, and the tree was happy, but not really. Um, and the, the, the boy asked for money, and the tree didn't have money, but the tree had apples, so they were sort of money. And the boy was like, well, okay, I guess it's not money, but I'll have it. So anyways, we're going to get into more detail, but I just wanted to start the show off with that. And if you have a chance, um, you can look up The Giving Tree by Sheldon uh, Silver... Oh, boy. Silverstein, The Giving Tree. If you want to read it again and again, it took me um, a few reads to really get tap into the energy of that and look at all the interesting points of view that are in this poem that we have believed and that we have come to, um, we have we have come to um, own as real and true. And how much are we living by this idea about give and take, and how is that different from receiving? So what does that have to do with today's show? Um, and I just want to say welcome to everyone in the chat room. Thanks for joining us there. If anyone has questions, please, I would love it if you would call in. I like to play with you on the phone. Okay. Um, so what is receiving? What is receiving? Do we really know what receiving is in this reality? How much have we decided that receiving is the same as taking or getting when you receive a gift is receiving a gift the same as accepting a gift? Um, is it the same as getting a gift? What are the differences? And you know, are we picking are we picking out words? Tap into the energy of those words and see. And you know, what do you know? So 
how much, you know, so ask and you shall receive is one of the amazing truths, the most beautiful truths of the Bible. And you might be asking, so you maybe have spent so much of your life asking, um, um, but are you truly willing to receive all of that which you are asking for? You know, you are, are you asking, praying, wishing, and then waiting and wondering why you don't get the things that you ask for? Are, are you trying to receive behind your walls? And is it not only walls, but have you actually created a box? Like, are your walls beside you and above you and below you? Um, how much have we decided that receiving is also waiting? So, you know, you ask, you pray, you wish, and then you wait. And you're like, okay, okay, universe, go. Give it to me. I'm waiting. <laughs> so um, what does receiving really, really mean? Um, I, I went to the dictionary because that's what I do. I'm a little bit of a word nerd. And I looked up um, the etymology of receive and take. And I found something really cool. So I'm going to tell you what I um, what I read about receiving. So receive, uh, according to etymology online, and this is a dictionary that takes you way back to the 1800s um, that often um, shows you the way that the words were originally intended. And you can really pick up on the energy of, of the words when you look at their meaning from um, several centuries ago. So receiving is regaining, to take back, to carry back, to take in, to take hold of, to welcome. And then it's to recover or take to oneself. So lots of um, talk about yourself, taking to yourself, taking back, carrying back, receiving. And then I looked up take and listen to this. Money acquired by theft. To cheat or defraud. The basic sense of receive, when, it, when I went and I went back and looked at receive again, and it said the basic sense of receive was to lay hold of, and it evolved into accept, uh, and then receive evolved into meaning absorbed, like um, when you take a punch, so you like absorb a punch. Uh, and it also, receive also turned into to be affected by, as in to take sick. Have you ever heard the expression to take sick? To take sickness. Wow. Um, I was like floored and almost a little bit excited when I read that definition of take. So what's going on? Check in with your body. Um, when you hear this, I'll say it again. So to take is money acquired by theft to cheat or defraud? Is it any wonder if we're mixing up take and receive? Is it any wonder that we don't want to receive, that we put walls up to receiving if energetically, you know, we're, we're uh, misidentifying receive with money acquired by theft and to cheat and defraud? Amazing, right? So, um, uh, just gonna. Uh, someone in the chat room is just commenting. Uh, wow, how many healers have decided they need to take the sick from others to heal them? Yes, 
Exactly. And so we can, we're going to go to break and we're going to talk a little bit about receiving with your body and, and the energy of the simultaneity of gifting and receiving, which is very different from taking. So you're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with myself, your host, Petrina Fava, and we are talking about receiving behind walls. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about some juicy stuff uh, about receiving. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on A2Zen.fm. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255 In Canada, 613-800-8736 In the U.K., 033-0001-0625 Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming to play today. Our radio show is called Receiving Behind Walls. And before we went to break, we were talking about the difference between receiving and taking. Um, and I uh, found a really interesting definition of take, which is something we often misidentify receiving as. And the definition of take in etymology online is money acquired by theft and to cheat or defraud. So, um, I'm going to just clear whatever energy is on there using something called the access consciousness clearing statement. So everywhere you have misidentified and misapplied receiving as taking and therefore not allowing yourself to receive because you don't want to be a taker, will you destroy and uncreate and all that? 
right, wrong, good, bad, pod, fuck, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So that thing that I just said is called the Access Consciousness Clearing Statement. And um, you can find it at theclearingstatement.com. It's from a body of work called Access Consciousness. Um, and I'll let you go to that website and get the information by yourself. So taking... Um, so just in the chat room, Eleanor is saying, this is why I sometimes feel wrong when I receive a huge tip because it feels like taking. Interesting, and that's the energy of money there. So, you know, how much taking is theft? Yeah. So, Eleanor, like, I wonder across all lifetimes and other lifetimes and dimensions, <laughs> you know, what if you were a thief in a past life? And what if you swore you would never be a thief again? And it, is it possible that some of that weird energy of taking when you, when you get a, a huge tip, um, if it's present, is carried over from some other lifetime? So um, if you'd like to destroy and uncreate all that, we can, yeah, right, wrong, good, bad, all, all, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So now... You have a new awareness and what, so what, so what you can do. So anytime you have some funky energy coming up around receiving and you're misidentifying receiving as taking uh, or anything else, you can ask this question. Universe, it's not really a question. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Universe, show me the energy of receiving. So if you get a big tip, and you feel a huge contraction in your body and in your world, and it reminds you of theft, remember that this is the energy of taking. Universe, show me the energy of receiving. Awesome. Thank you for that, um, Eleanor. That was amazing. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about walls. We're going to go into what what are your walls? Um, if you could give your walls, what are your barriers to receiving? What are your the walls that are stopping you from receiving everything? What are they called? What are their names? What do they look like? Um, I'd like to explore some of those now. And but before that, I wanted to talk about the moon. So the moon is an amazing example of the simultaneity of gifting and receiving. So when you take the the what's implied with taking is that when you take something the other person has less so the giving tree the poem that we read we read the poem called the giving tree at the beginning of the show um and the little boy so the little boy and the tree is that was that a simultaneity of gifting and receiving so when the the tr in the beginning when the boy was sitting and playing and climbing and playing with the leaves and and having fun as a young boy was that taking from the tree and then when the little boy grew up and went back to the tree and the tree said and the boy said I need money and the tree said I don't have money but I have apples you can have these was the energy different did you feel the difference in the energy so how much was the boy receiving in the beginning of the poem um, when the boy was coming and gathering the leaves making them into crowns playing king of the forest climbing the trunk and then when the boy came to the tree and needed money and the 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 tree said i don't have any but here's some apples it, the energy started to change to take energy because the boy was taking the apples and going to sell them so he could have money and was not sitting with the tree and was not playing in the branches and making crowns out of leaves so it was a really difference in energy so back to the moon <laughs> the moon 
if you look at the moon, have you ever looked at the moon on a really when it's full and it's dark and it lights up the whole sky and it's just beautiful and bright and and you're like who has the lights on outside? And you look outside and there's no lights, but there's the moon shining very brightly. Did you know that the moon is dark? The moon doesn't emit light, right? The sun emits light, but the moon does not emit light. But it receives light from the sun. And then it is lit. And we receive light from the moon because the moon receives light from the sun. Oh my God, it's such a beautiful analogy. I love it. The, the, the moon receives light from the sun. It's dark. It receives light from the sun, and we, in turn, also receive that light from the moon that it's receiving from the sun. If the moon didn't receive the light from the sun, we would have darkness. So, by cutting off your receiving from others and from the world around you, how much are others also not receiving? Because you're not receiving. And when you do receive, and when you truly receive, and when you drop your walls and you lower your barriers, and you completely and in your most vulnerable state truly and totally receive, how much more do those around you also receive? We receive light from the moon only because the moon is willing to receive from the sun. It is beautiful. Please, anytime you're having trouble receiving, remember the moon and remember how much the moon gives light only because of its ability to receive. Okay, so what are your walls? What walls do you have? Here are some that I identified. Um, t- taking is one of them. So we already let, we already went into taking and blasted all of that um, crap around taking. Taking is more of an energy of depleting the other person. So receiving does not deplete the other person. There's a simultaneity of gifting and receiving. Um, the other thing about taking is it kind of has this energy of settling. So again, I'm going to go back to this poem, the, the giving tree. At what at one point, the oh, so when the tree says, I don't have money, I'm sorry, said the tree, but I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. Take my apples and sell them and then you'll be happy. And the boy climbed up the tree and gathered the apples and take them away, and the tree was happy. And But the boy didn't really want apples, right? So the boy actually really wanted to have money. So how much of taking, like has anyone ever given you a gift and you're like, well, it's not really what I wanted, but okay, I'll take it. You know, like, or you hear that thrown around. It's like, well, almost like a joke. Well, not exactly, but I'll take it. You know, like not exactly an acknowledgement. It's kind of a half-assed compliment, but I'll take it. So there's something about taking that also has this energy of settling and that that's not the same as receiving. Um, Receiving is about lowering your barriers and receiving everything that something is, the gift that it is to you. Um, So the, the wall of taking. The other wall that I identified is about money. So we're going to talk a little bit about money. And it's the idea that money is wrong. So how many of us have asked for money? Um, you know, how many times have you asked to win the lottery and prayed to win the lottery? But 
if you have the point of view that money is bad, um, then are you really willing to receive money? Are you willing to receive money and everything that comes with it? Um, I have a really great example. Uh, if you have the point of view that rich people are bad, you know, this is a huge barrier to money. And I'll give you an example. So in Toronto recently, there has been a very hugely publicized case about a drunk driver that killed three children and their grandfather. So this, these parents lost their three small children and their father in the drunk driving accident um, a couple of months ago or I think it was a few months ago, and it's been a hugely publicized case, and the judgment around this man um, who was a drunk driver was huge. And the interesting part is that he came from one of Toronto's wealthiest families, very well-known, well, not, I don't know, I mean, I, I actually didn't know them, but <laughs> apparently well-known, um, very, very rich. He apparently came home from a trip on a private jet and then got in his car drunk and went driving and, and killed these three small kids and their grandfather. So there's been so many comments about how he was a spoiled rich kid, and like, and he just thought he he was so privileged that he didn't have to follow the law and that he could go around driving drunk because he was rich and he killed these three innocent children and their grandfather. And then when his case went to court, there was, again, all this energy around, well, he's just a spoiled rich kid and his family's money is going to get him off. And so he only got, he got like 10 years in prison and the same. It was like, well, I guess 10 years in prison is what gets you off of, a, off of murdering three children and their grandfather. So, so much energy of judgment around rich people. So, you know, if you have this kind of judgment around being the spoiled rich kid and being entitled and thinking you're above the law because you have money and, oh, I hate those people who have money, and then you ask to win the $7 million jackpot, are you in a place of receiving? Are you in a place where your barriers are completely lowered and you're able to receive that money with ease? So we are going to take a break um, and then come back and talk about more walls to receding and we're going to talk about some other cool stuff like sex so stay tuned and don't go anywhere come right back to messy adventures in living on a to zen.fm do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car of course you don't are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice what if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on a2zen.fm how much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices what would you say if i told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing thousands of people all over the world have what am i talking about it's called access consciousness the bars the bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. 
The BARS is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a BARS session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a BARS class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. In the U.K., 033-0001-0625. Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava, and you're listening to Receiving Behind. We're having a great discussion today about what is receiving and what are all walls, and we've identified two of them so far. One is that we're misidentifying uh, receiving with taking, and the idea that when you take something, the other person has less. Um, and, uh, you know, m- money is bad is, is wall number two. So if you have that wall going on, money is bad, people with money are evil, um, how much are you going to really be able to receive when you ask for money and you ask to win that $7 million jackpot? Um, also, I just wanted to mention with money, um, besides the money is bad wall, there's also this like sub wall that goes with it that's um, uh, called the enjoying my poverty wall. <laughs> you know, so how much on some level are you proud that you you were able to, you know, feed your kids on $5 or, um, you know, you raised your kids as a single mom with very little money and is is that that um, that energy of being proud and that success with being able to survive on very little, how much of that is actually a wall to receiving more? So you might want to look at that if you have that wall going on. Um, I wanted to look at another uh, wall that we will call, um, let's call it the I don't deserve it wall. So, and we're gonna, this is gonna lead a little bit into sex and receiving with your body. So, there's kind of two walls that go along with love and relationships. So, how, you know, if you're, if you're asking for love and you're asking for someone in your life and you're asking for more sex and more joy with, with a partner, you might want to look at what walls you have and are, is one of them the safety wall? Do you have a wall up uh, to protect yourself from being hurt. So how much have we, um, you know, you hear this in love songs so much, right? Like how many love songs are there about breaking down my walls and letting you in and then getting hurt? Like I broke my walls down, I let my walls down for you, I let you in and then you hurt me. Well, fuck everybody else now. I'm going to put up my walls and I'm not putting them back down. So <laughs> everywhere you have you know, everywhere you you pushed, everywhere you were vulnerable and you you had no walls and you dropped your walls and then you were hurt, will you please destroy and uncreate all of that? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds, would you be willing to keep your walls down and risk being hurt, whatever that means, 
and being totally vulnerable so that you can receive. Um, the other thing that I want to look at with sex and relationship is this energy of I don't deserve. And I know this energy very well. <laughs> so how much have you decided that you don't deserve to receive because there's something about you that's so horrible that you should not have anything good in life? Um, I'm going to tie this in with sex because I can, and I'll tell you for myself, this has come up for me a lot, being a parent. Um, so I have three kids and I've really noticed that I have had days when I have judged myself so harshly for being a bad mother that at the end of the day, if my husband even comes near me and also my husband is amazing at gifting sexually and at the end of a hard day of judging myself for being a terrible mother, I've yelled at my kids, I've like done all the most horrible things possible that can be done by a mom. When my husband starts to touch me and invites me sexual energy, I literally, the walls fly up and it's the I don't deserve wall. It's how can you be so kind and so nurturing and so loving to me after you just watched me be the most horrible mother on the planet today? And so, not that anybody else has any of that going on, right? So, so any, everywhere you have decided that you cannot receive because you don't deserve and everywhere you have decided specifically that you cannot receive nurturing, your body can't receive nurturing, that you can't receive sex, that you can't receive sexual energy because you are a horrible person in some way, can you destroy and create all of that? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and punk, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Think about the moon. The moon doesn't go around judging itself saying, I did a bad job being a moon today. So sorry, sun. Like, I can't. Oh, I'm sorry, sun. Like, how can you offer me this beautiful light? Because, look, I did such a bad job being a moon today. Like, no. <laughs> you don't have to deserve to receive. You don't have to deserve to receive. You can just receive. And if you want to look at around and see others who are able to receive without judgment, um, check out a cat, you know, check out kids even. Kids receive, young kids receive, they don't judge themselves. A cat doesn't judge itself. A cat will like puke on your carpet and then come over and like flip on its back and be like, oh, I want my tummy rub. And then you rub it in and he's like, thank you. Like if you have a cat, you know how easily cats receive. If you want to know the energy of receiving, get a cat because they are just so hedonistic, right? They're just like, touch me, please. Yes, I just puked on your carpet, but touch me anyways. I will receive it all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So what else, what other walls um, do we have up now? Let's, <clears throat> what else, what other walls do I have going on? Oh, the giving back and obligation, which kind of ties into sex too. So do you have a wall to receiving that's called obligation? Um, and are you actually not giving because you don't want to make the other person feel obliged as well? So are you unwilling to receive a gift because then you feel like you have to give something back? Um, sexually, this keeps this co comes back to sex too. Like, how much do we cut off sex because we don't want 
we, we start getting up in our heads and thinking about how we're going to give back sexually. How much of a contribution to your relationship would it be if you were willing to just receive? So a lot of times when we think about changing something that's not working in our relationship, we look at what can I give the other person? How can I change what I'm doing so that I give them more? And I'm going to challenge you to ask, what can I receive? How much can I receive more in my relationship? What if I stopped looking at giving and stopped trying to give and just received? Because guess what? When you receive, you also give. Um, Your receiving is a gift to the other person like the moon. When the moon receives the light from the sun, then all of us receive the light from the moon. So, you know, if you were willing to receive from your partner, how much is your partner now receiving as well? Yeah, a lot of walls around receiving in relationship. And it's just, you know, you think you're going to fix something by giving more and you know, that is a very interesting point of view. So everywhere you decided that you need to fix something by giving more of yourself and by cutting off all your branches and cutting off all your all yourself down to your trunk, will you destroy and uncreate all that? Right, wrong, good, bad, pod talk, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. What if your ability to completely and utterly receive without thinking about giving anything back is actually the contribution that's required? And what if that will allow the other person to receive way more than you can possibly imagine? I mean, there are lots of partners who enjoy pleasuring the other person and they receive so much from giving the other person their partner pleasure sexually. I mean, this applies to everything, but it can really apply to sex. Um, you know, would you be willing to just um, play with your partner and uh, just receive and not give back? Um, not give, and I'm, I'm saying give back with air quotes, you can't see me, but, <laughs> you know, if you were just willing to receive, how much of a contribution would that be to your partner? So I want to talk about a little bit about gratitude and um and how this can change how this can change um, our level of receiving. So let's talk about gratitude. So when we Rhonda way back in the chat room mentioned that you know, when I was reading the poem about the giving tree, there was no gratitude from the boy. Um, and yeah, because there was an energy of taking, you know, and and it's like thank you for your apples. I'm going to go sell them. And so gratitude can really change your ability to receive. So gratitude is interesting to me, and I just did a show on this, I think, two weeks ago. If you missed it, check it out. The lies of gratitude. We've come to understand gratitude to be a should, and and I call it the Oprah Winfrey gratitude, and I'm sorry, Oprah. I mean, what would it take to have Oprah listen to my messy adventures in living radio show? But (laughs) I will receive that. Um, You know, how much are we doing gratitude from should and not from real gratitude. So have you ever heard of the saying, like, never look a gift horse in the mouth? And so it's a it's a saying that means, like, uh, you when somebody gives you a gift, you shouldn't look in their mouth because people used to look at, you can tell the age of a horse's teeth when you look at its, sorry, you can tell the age of the horse when you look at its teeth. And so never look the gift in the mouth is this expression that's like when somebody gives you a gift, 
just shut up and take it. Don't analyze the gift. Don't judge it by checking the mouth. You'd be like, well, thank you for the horse. I wonder how old it is. Like, oh, you gave me an old horse. Like, what an asshole you are. Like, you know, so this expression, uh, this expression that means, um, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Just be grateful. And I challenge, I'm challenging that. Like, is that really gratitude? Um, You know, if you're judging the horse, are you are you really receiving the gift? Um, okay, I'll give you a different example. So when I was, this is something we do. We judge, we ask, and then when something shows up, we judge it. And that's not receiving. We can't receive it if we're judging it. Uh, I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again quickly. When I was in high school and I applied to to um, do my nursing degree, I needed a really high mark in calculus, and I I was really struggling with math. And I I had like this was like I think my second or third time in repeating calculus, and I had to get something crazy like 90% on this one test to get a 60 overall, which is a mark I needed to get into university. And I was praying on my knees for a miracle because I was like, I have never got a 90% in a math test, but like, please God, like I really want to be a nurse. And my mom was watching me and she was watching me study. And I went and I wrote this test. And when I went back the next day and I saw the mark, it was like 90. And I was just like, holy shit, this it was a miracle. Like this actually really happened. Thank you, God. And then I found out a short time later that my mother went to my teacher studying so hard and she needs this 90 to get into university because it's going to affect her whole life. Like, please, kids, there anything you can do. And the instructor fudged the mark. And I was pissed as hell at my mother. I, I don't think I've ever told her this, but I was mad. So I mean, I got the mark and I got into university. It worked, but I was not grateful. I well, I was a little bit grateful. I'll be honest. Like I was grateful, but I was not. I was like twenty percent grateful and eighty percent mad. So how much of it did I truly receive? I mean, yes, it got the result that I wanted, but I I wasn't able to truly receive what I was asking. I got it, and my inability to receive, like, what did that do for my mom? You know, how much did I shortchange her by not fully receiving the gift that she gave me, which was, this is all I know how to do. I see my daughter. She's trying so hard. I'm going to, I, this is all I know how to do. I'm going to call up the instructor and just be like, look. So, you know, please look at gratitude as this part of the simultaneity of gifting and receiving. Um, it, the gratitude Gratitude from a place of should is not the same as gratitude. When You can be grateful for something for being the contribution that it is and being grateful for what it contributes to you. And this is what allows us to receive everything really without judgment, even something that we consider negative, um, like an illness or a motor vehicle accident or death or going bankrupt or losing your job, right? Um, you know, I applied for a job on uh, on a, a, a burns and plastics unit when I was a nursing student. I was like finishing up my nursing degree and the job came up and I applied for it and I thought, oh my God, this is in Toronto Sick Kids Hospital and 
how in the world would I ever get a job like this again? Like, this is the best opportunity ever. Like, I have an in because they know me because I'm a student here and I applied for this job and then I didn't get it. And I was just so devastated because I was convinced that that was the only way I was going to get that job. That was the only way a place like the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto, like such a great esteemed pediatric hospital, was going to hire, you know, little me who just graduated from university and knew nothing. Um, and my mom said to me, hey, Patrina, like, where one door closes, another opens. Like, don't worry about it. Just keep going. And I applied for another job um, at the same hospital shortly after. And and I got it. And, I, and that's where I'm working now almost 20 years later. And it turned out to be so much greater because I I have learned so much. It's the multi-organ transplant unit. It's like a medical specialties unit. There are six different services. The things have changed so much over the last 20 years. Like, I've learned so much from working in this place. But when I look back at how devastated I was when I didn't get a job on the burns and plastics unit, which I thought was the ultimate. Um, I'm I'm so grateful for not getting that job. So, you know, when you can look at something and be grateful for the contribution that it is, whatever that is, this is what allows you to receive things that may appear to be negative. And then if we are grateful and we receive it all, good or bad, then we lower our walls to receive something greater. So when we lose a job, if we receive the contribution that that loss of job is, our our walls are lowered and we are open to receiving something even greater. Um, so, you know, gratitude is a humongous piece of receiving. And just catch that you're doing gratitude from a place of receiving what it contributes rather than gratitude from should. Kind of like that gift horse in the mouth expression. Um, I should just be grateful that somebody gave me a horse so let me not look in the mouth and judge it. Don't judge what you're receiving. You can ask for more. Like maybe you don't want a 15-year-old horse, but you can still receive that horse. You can still receive the horse because if you don't have a judgment about what that horse is going to contribute to you, it could create something greater later. So watch that you're not judging your choices. I'm sorry, watch that you're not judging what's coming your way and what you're receiving. Because if you're judging it, you're not actually receiving it. Um, And when you don't judge it, you can be in a place of true gratitude and then that true gratitude is what lowers your barriers and allows you to receive even more. Um, Receiving can be uncomfortable. You know, how uncomfortable do you get when somebody gives you a compliment or when someone says something really nice to you? We don't learn to receive. We haven't really learned to receive. We've learned about give and take. And we've learned that taking is wrong and that giving is greater, right? That's another wall, actually, by the way. Um, you know, it's greater to give than it is to receive. But it's all in receiving, you know, what if receiving is greater than giving? I mean, and what if they're not greater than each other? And they're not because they're one. There's a simultaneity with gifting and receiving. So if you think that it's greater to give than it is to receive, it's bullshit. And it's stopping you from receiving, which in turn is stopping you from giving just like the moon needs to receive light from the sun in order to give us light. If you're not receiving, you're not giving. 
um, you know, I, I challenge you next time you see the moon outside to remember that the reason that you have light from the moon is because of its ability to receive. And take a look at all the places in your life that you're not receiving and think about all of the people around you who you would love to gift to and whose life you would love to expand and realize that it's actually it can actually be really easy and it starts with you and it starts with you receiving rather than giving. And remember that giving and receiving, are, they're not doings. They're an energy. Receiving is not a doing. You don't have to do anything to receive. Receiving is an energy. So when you're in a place where you know you're not receiving, whether it's in relationship or if it's uh, around money or it's around friendship or jobs or joy, when you get that you have a wall up around receiving and you think you have to do something to change it, remember that that receiving is not a doing. It's an energy. And you can ask, universe, show me the energy of receiving. And then lower your walls, willing to be uncomfortable, and receive everything around you for the gift that it is. Because you don't have to go out and find it. It's there. It's already out there. You don't actually have to go looking for it. There is a quote from Rumi, and I would like to um, possibly end with this, although we still have a minute and a half, but I'm going <laughs> to read this quote anyways. Um, Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. So please remember, you don't have to go out and look. All of those things that you are asking for are already here. They're already there. They're already around you. Your walls are up. So what would it take to drop your walls completely and just receive because it's right there? Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Thank you so much for joining me today on Messy Adventures in Living, talking about receiving behind walls. Have a great week receiving everything around you. Join us next week. Goodbye. Thanks for playing with us on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We'd love to have you join us again. Until then, have fun creating your phenomenal life, mess and all.